Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah rahman rahim Assalamu alaikum to both of my guests or co-hosts today, Brother Marcus and Sheikh Hanis. How are both of you today? Alaikum salam wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, doing good. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi Alhamdulillah, I'm well. Um, so inshallah, we have tonight we have with us Brother Marcus. Brother Marcus, alhamdulillah, he became Muslim last year on August 1st. And uh, mashallah, his wife, she took her shahada last week on August 1st. So alhamdulillah, the whole family is Muslim, him, his wife, and all four of his kids. So we wanted, you know, we wanted Brother Marcus to give a little bit of like introduction about himself, like a little bit of a story. And then we were going to let him ask us questions, um, any religious related questions, any community related questions, and Sheikh Anis and myself will answer them. So Marcus, you want to let us know a little bit about yourself? Yes, yes. Uh, alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Um, to everybody. Like you said, my name is Marcus. Um, I'm born and raised here in Charlotte. Um, and a little bit about my story and my journey to Islam. I um, grew up a Catholic um, on my father's side of the family. Um, they're all Catholic. And so that's really? how I was they're raised. Black Catholics? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually uh, people who um, grew up here in Charlotte, probably familiar with the churches on a uh, Statesville Avenue is called Our Lady of Consolation Catholic Church. Um, they've been around since my dad was even my dad went to the school there. He went to elementary and middle school there, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know uh, most of the like, I don't mean to interrupt you, but most no, of the, like African-American or black right, people it, are about Southern exactly. Not a, I get that reaction a lot. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of people are surprised by that. Um, but it's a predominantly African-American church. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I grew up Catholic. Um all the way uh, up until I was about 15, uh, young teenage years, maybe a little earlier, um, I kind of just started to question certain things about the religion. Um, just out of curiosity, you know, why I was doing certain things when it came to the uh, rituals and acts of worship and how Catholics practice. So, um, like I said, I just kind of started to question those things and really could never get a answer that made logical sense to me as to why I was doing these things. So I kind of stepped away from religion at that point. So that was early to mid teenage years. So from that point, I kind of started going to more of a, what they call non-denominational church, mm -hmm. um, Christian. It was, uh, my aunt's church on my mother's side of the family. So I tried that out for a little while. Um, and still, could never understand the concept of the Trinity. Um, I had that problem with Catholicism. And so that same issue kind of carried over even into the non-denominational. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, just kind of having trouble understanding the Trinity. So that was something that was, you know, always just confusing to me as far as to understand the concept behind it. It, it never really clicked to me. Um, so from that point, uh, I left religion altogether and kind of let's see that was so early to mid-teens left catholicism so went to non-denominational so now we're talking probably like early to mid-20s probably early 20s um i kind of just walked away from religion completely uh and kind of what people would call what they would say maybe like a free spirit mm -hmm. i believed in god i knew there was a god i just didn't uh, ascribe myself to any uh organized religion. Did you, you ever say they call that Gnosticism, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I you know, I didn't even know honestly at that time I didn't even know it was a term for it. Mm -hmm. But you know, I just was like had the idea that, you know, religion was 
created to keep your mind closed in and all these different, you know, so all these different thoughts. So mm-hmm. because of my experience with Catholicism and uh and the non-denominational Christianity, so did you say you were what is it, spiritual but not religious? Yeah, you know, okay. free spirited kind of okay. type, I guess, you know, it's just one of those things to where you don't really have a you, you don't claim anything, okay. but you you know, you believe in God and but uh so I was on that journey for a while. Uh and still just even throughout going through these phases, I was never, you know, it was something missing, like mm-hmm. a void that was there. Um uh-huh. still searching for the truth, still knowing that something's missing that I haven't found yet. Uh-huh. So um from that point, uh I even dabbed in learning about Rastafarianism and things like that. Uh kind of like Bob Marley phase. I had long dreadlocks and everything. So uh, I stayed on that journey for maybe a couple of years. So this is coming closer. Uh, the Rastafarianism was coming closer to uh, me coming in contact with Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with the Rastafarianism, same thing, you know, reading into and researching and learning about their religion and their faith, you know, still there's a void here. I'm, I'm missing something. Something's not, I'm not being fulfilled. So, mm-hmm. uh, from that point, um, you know, I just always continue to ask God to, you know, show me the truth. Uh, can you feel the <coughs> void still not finding peace that I want in my life and, uh, kind of reconnected with a Quran that was given to me about 12 years ago that, uh, I would open and read from time to time. Uh, I always knew about Muslims and respected Muslims, but just never knew anything about the religion. Uh, so the more I kind of started opening up and reading the Quran more frequently, I, you know, started to become more and more interested in it. So uh, long story short, from that point, I learned how to do, um, learn how to do the wudu and learn how to do the prayers. And this is before, you know, I took my shahada. So I mm-hmm. kind of started doing the prayer, wudu and the prayers, maybe about, maybe close to a month before I actually took my Shahada. So what I found out was the more I did those things, the, you know, it became more and more, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, like heavy on my shoulders. Like, you know, this is, I feel something that I never felt before. Who gave you the Quran? Um, it was a friend of the family, um, an uncle, well, a friend of my uncle's who actually mm-hmm. gave me, gave me a Quran. It was the Abdul Yusuf Ali translation. And mm-hmm. I still have that one uh, to this day. Um, like I said, I got it and I kind of would flip through it and just read a little bit. And then I may put it down. I may not pick it up for another month or so, you know, a couple months. I would kind of always just go back to it. But, um, and, uh, actually in 2011, um, me and my father had a surgery. Um, and this is before, you know, this is kind of when I was still, I knew about Islam and I would read the Quran, but I just still never knew really much about the religion. So, uh, me and my father had a surgery in two, uh, June 2nd, 2011. I donated a kidney to him. That's and so uh, for some reason, uh, I, you know, by the will of Allah, something told me that, you know, as I was preparing for the surgery, you know, I took that Quran with me. Um, mm-hmm. I was not Muslim, still didn't know. This is like 2011, still really didn't know anything about Islam. But for whatever reason, you know, uh, by Allah's will, something told me to bring that Quran with me. And I kept it with me the whole time. Uh, and so fast forward back to, you know, me doing the wudu and the prayers, maybe about a month before I took my shahada, um, it just got more and more heavy. Um, 
just starting to get the feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm feeling something I never felt before. And it just led me to finding the mosque, the closest mosque I could find and, you know, accepting Islam as my religion. So SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. And that was a year ago. Yep. A year, year, ago. year yep. later, everything is different now. Oh, yeah. Very different. Very different. So how was it? How was it last week? I know and I know it was part of more of like a personal experience, but at the same time, mm-hmm. whatever you can tell us, how, how did it feel when your wife accepted Islam? Was it was it more like even more happiness than when you accepted Islam? Uh, yes and no. It was more honestly. It was it was actually very surprising and shocking. I knew she was, you know, she had been doing the studies ever since I was interested in you know studying and became Muslim. She was studying and reading, um, but you know she she was doing it on her own time, okay. and you know, I had faith that she would eventually you know, accept Islam at some point, but honestly, she, I didn't think it would be at that time. Okay. Um, she really surprised me when she uh, told me that she was ready to take her shot. I, I really wasn't expecting it. So, um, you know, yeah, I was, I was happy. I mean, I, w- I went to work that morning. Um, she actually told me uh, after Fajr prayer that morning. And so I was at work, you know, I just couldn't even concentrate at work. Um, <coughs> You know, just sitting here thinking like, wow, you know, I made all these duas for, and you know, that's just a, a testimony to, to show that, you know, when you're consistent in making duas, you know, Allah will, Allah will accept and answer your duas. So. Mm-hmm. Was, I was watching a video today. I don't know if I sent it to you. It was the, one of the directors of The Godfather. His name's Francis Ford Coppola. And this guy is at some big conference, right? And he's got all these actors and actresses around him sitting on the stage. And all of a sudden, he starts talking about Surah Fatiha. And he reads the whole translation. Or not reads. He says the whole translation. And he's talking about how much faith, you know, we should have in God. And he's not Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I was just I was just so amazed. You know, you're telling the story about the Quran and you took it to surgery and you weren't Muslim. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there who, who believe in the message of the Quran, but they're not Muslim. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's amazing because I heard that. And I was talking to one of my coworkers. I was like, bro. This guy belted out the whole translation of the Fatiha by memory, and he is not a Muslim. Muslim. And for me, that's really amazing is because a lot of times us as Muslims, we may not know the translations that sometimes you hear some of the non-Muslims, you know, they recall all of a sudden. And he's like, he's like, oh, there's this, you know, worse. It's the opening of the Quran, I think. And he starts saying the Fatiha, and I'm like, wow, this guy, is, it's, it's amazing. So Imam Anis, Sheikh Anis, is there anything you want to ask Marcus before he starts asking us questions? No, I mean, I, I don't have much to ask because, like, okay. I, I've basically been here for, yeah, yeah. for most of it. Yeah. And I, think, I mean, he witnessed it. He witnessed, yeah. uh, you know, gave me my shahada and everything and my wife. So. And uh, I, th- I think, like, when you first took your shahada, like, we sat for a while and I think mm-hmm. you told me kind of right. everything that you kind of that you went through that mm-hmm. you were that you were going through i think you mentioned that some some people on your mom's side of the family is that what you're saying yeah there, there's an uncle uh a friend of the family a friend oh, of my okay, uncle's okay. who was actually muslim and he had yeah. been kind of putting you know little dropping seeds here and there over the years yeah. and yeah. things like that so um yeah it's like i said i i have come into contact with with muslims here and there and always had respect for the religion so mm-hmm. But yeah, this that, was like the real deep dive. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I mean, it was on a Monday, like you know, August first of last year, and uh, I was bringing my mom back from the doctor, and I said, "Mom, you know, I got to make a stop." 
you know, I'm gonna stop at a mosque and accept Islam in my faith. So, <laughs> yeah, no, and it, and it just it it happened to be this one. Yeah, and uh, it, it was yeah. it was good on the line. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad I got to be part of that because yeah. mm-hmm. I was actually I, I had just brought my family over. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just moved because there there would have been a chance that we could have missed each other. Right, and right. it would have been you know someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, like because yeah, I got I, I yeah. got a phone call. That like Y'all this brother him. here yeah. wants to take a shahada. Can you come do it? Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't have to come. I can just do it with him. Yeah, but I, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad I came. You know, yeah. like it was good. Yeah, because he said he could do it. He told me yeah. he said I could do it, but honestly, I want to call the imam. So, and then wasn't it three months before that you were angry at Muslims? No, not necessarily angry, but I was <laughs> what, what I was angry about not was Muslims. during Juma. No, yeah. no, no. It was it was because. During Juma, I was my daughter was going to preschool right yeah. up the road up here, and so when I would oh. go to pick her up on Fridays, <laughs> the traffic, the, the, the uh, police would stop the traffic yeah. so everybody could get out, and I would be running behind and be upset, like man, these people taking all day to come out, you know, <laughs> get out of you know their yeah. service or whatever. I gotta go pick my daughter up, man, and so I, I used to get upset, and then you know, alhamdulillah, here I am. Now people are waiting on me to come out, so. <laughs> There might be yeah. somebody like you out there yeah. who might be a little bit upset. And a year later, two years later, he comes he in and comes, accepts exactly, Islam over here. Exactly. So, or she yeah. comes in and accepts Islam. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Marcus, what questions you got for us? Uh, questions. Imam Anis, he knows. I mean, I, I come to him with questions all the time. Yeah. Uh, but um, Or some questions that somebody maybe from a similar background as you might right. have. Uh, well, I know a lot of times, like, of course, being a new convert, learning Arabic and things like that is uh, definitely a challenge. It's not easy. Um, and a lot of du'as that I come across, you know, they'll have the transliteration. Um, and of course, I do my best to learn the Arabic, but it's it's challenging when you got, you know, life, you got work, you got family and things like that. You don't, uh, you're not able to dedicate as much time to studying as you would like to. So. What is, when you recite the du'as in English, how is, does it mean more if, if you say it in Arabic, is it accepted if it's in Arabic and, or not accepted if it's in English, or is it, you know, just based off the intention of your heart when you make the, when you make the du'a? No, you, you should, you should make your du'as, your prayers mm-hmm. in a manner in which you feel the most sincerity. Mm-hmm. So if that's in your own language, right, then by all means you can do that. You know, even you know, what what people tend to struggle with most of the time is that the salah itself, like prayer, mm-hmm. because they're trying to learn the prayer, but then the prayer is in Arabic, but okay. you know, it's also it's kinda like I told you, like, yeah, learn learn what to say, right? You can take your time mm-hmm. and whatever you can't learn, like you can do in English until you're able to learn it, right. right? So it doesn't mean that just, oh, I can just do it in English. So let me just like not not, not learn not the learn effort. the not learn the Arabic part or learn the rest. Mm-hmm. But like if you if you got the prayer down and you're just making duas, or even if you're like in in sajda or or after right. prayer and you just want to make duas and you can't recite the Arabic right, right. away, then then yeah, of course you want to do it in English or whatever other language you can do it in that. Right you can sincerely, you know, pour out your heart right. asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So okay. you can't, yeah, of course, like if, if there's a, if there's a dua that's from the Quran or the Sunnah, like from a hadith or mm-hmm. from an ayah, you want to, of course, try your best to learn the Arabic 
and um, any any other prayers you make, you know, you can you want to try and, and learn the Arabic. But of course, yeah, um, you, you have people that don't speak, may not speak English or Arabic. Maybe they know Urdu or like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe their mother tongue is like Spanish or something okay. like if you're if, if you feel more of a connection doing that because you haven't learned mm -hmm. the, the dua in Arabic, then you can do that. Okay. I saw something. Did you see Sheikh Joe's uh, post on Instagram today? He posted like a reel from this one Mexican kid who's like a hafiz. That was pretty like, it, it shouldn't be as amazing as it seems. It's pretty amazing. This kid, I think he's from Mexico. And he was like a hafiz of the Quran. Interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah. I'll go look at it. And that actually was a question too from, uh, I think, from a uh, Latino guy. It mm -hmm. was him and some... Uh, it was like five of them came here one night. I think I told you about it. After, during Isha, they were interested in Islam. Yeah. I and they didn't take that. the shot or anything, but they came and they prayed and everything. And really? they had a lot of questions. And I remember that was one of the questions that uh, one of the one of the guys had asked. He was saying people told him, well, if you're not saying it in Arabic, then, you know, it's not accepted and, and things like that. So um, this is a brother. He's offering a dua for you. He said, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward this brother and give him the yeah. best in this life and the next. He's also a Conrad brother from Canada. So, I mean, thanks. So, go ahead. So, is that like a question or a comment? Well, yeah. I mean, it was he answered. Shake answered my question. Um, and I was just mentioning that that was something also that that another uh guy person that was interested in the religion had asked. So, um, another question I had was about uh books and you know things like just doing research because, you know, there are tons and tons of books out there. Uh, so what is the best advice when I come across a book or, uh, you know, even sometimes YouTube videos? Cause I mean, you can't trust all information. Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of would like, you know, what would be you guys advice on, you know, when I come across information on YouTube or certain books, how would I kind of filter out what, what's, um, I guess what would be what would be good for for a convert or if something would be you know maybe you should kind of wait a little bit. Go ahead. I'll say what I have to say after you. Speak. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so th this is why this is why teachers are important, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you have a um, basically a reference point, right? Okay. So you see, uh, you pick up, you come in the library, you pick up a book, mm -hmm. and if let's say you just flip through it right? right and then you feel like hmm, i'm not sure if this is something i should read right now or i should wait or like you mentioned youtube videos mm -hmm. like um some i get it all the time i think you may have sent me some yeah, here and there yeah. that like you know you might see like a reel on instagram mm -hmm. and you might send it over and be like oh is this true or mm -hmm, exactly. you know so it's that's why it's good to have like a proper teacher that that you can refer back to exactly. that they can okay. kind of filter things out for you mm -hmm. and you know you can you can see like if you go on youtube for instance or for books you look at the the speaker or the author, the author right and then you'll kind of get a feel for like okay the things they say at least 90 95 percent of the time it sounds right mm -hmm. and agreeable mm -hmm. Maybe if they say something odd every now and then, because no, nobody's perfect, exactly. right? You're not going right. to get the perfect message from every person. Mm -hmm. But if they happen to say something odd, then you can also go back to your teacher and be like, hey, well, what was this about? Exactly. And then if the teacher can explain it, they'll explain it. If they can't, then they'll be like, you know, God knows best. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you just, because um, on, on the internet, 
course right. and yes. even even literature there's so much out there mm -hmm. that it's hard to filter and sift through all that stuff so you know um Alhamdulillah, you you yourself I, I know for a fact like you already kind of do that like mm -hmm. if there's something you have like a question about like you're not you're not shy to ask which is right. a good thing you know like some people they'll feel hesitant they'll feel shy mm -hmm. they may think like you know especially if somebody's a new muslim which is something very admirable about converts that they'll they'll ask the questions that need to be asked because they have that genuine right. like thirst for that knowledge mm -hmm. you know whereas sometimes born muslims will will feel shy and be like oh I don't want to look, be looked down upon that. Oh, right. you, you were born and raised Muslim mm -hmm. your whole, whole life. Had you not know this, but if it, if it comes to gaining a better understanding of your religion, you should not be shy in that manner. You know, like you should go to the scholars, to the imams, to your teachers and, and ask them these questions. Of course, with the proper etiquette, like you're coming right. to learn, not to, not to argue or anything right. like that. Right. But like, if you come and ask, you know, humbly that like, Hey, you know, like, I, I saw this video. I was wondering if this is correct, or like I picked up this book. Is this a good book? Should I read it? Mm -hmm. And then the teacher could say like, "Oh, maybe you should put that book down and maybe pick this one up first, and then go to that, and then do this." Right. You know, stuff like that. So there's yeah, there's um, it goes it goes back to yeah, yeah, so much information, right? Islam is is a vast, deep ocean, mm -hmm. right? Just uh, even even the most knowledgeable of scholars. Right, they may just have like one drop of right, exactly. You know, all the information out there. So it's uh, and and we've we've talked about this many times before too. You just you you take it in slowly. Mm -hmm. You take it one day at a time. Exactly. As long as you're improving, taking one mm -hmm. step forward. Um, as long as you learn something new, there's always something new to learn in the religion. Even if you learn one new thing every single day, you spend an entire lifetime learning one new thing every day. You're never gonna, you're never mm -hmm. gonna be done, yeah. right? So, that's true. Subhanallah. Yeah. So f as far as the the video content, I know mm -hmm. there's so much stuff on there. There's a lot of people who have some knowledge, little knowledge, no knowledge, no knowledge, <laughs> regurgitating knowledge. There's a lot of that out there. You have to really like, like one of the things you said, you have to have a teacher or you have to have somebody like, you know, you really trust. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, you go to them and you ask them, Hey, look, who, who should I listen to? Or who should I watch online? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many people out there who seem like they're knowledgeable, right? They, you know, they'll be spitting out facts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're leading you, you know, into like this cult type of mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really not, a place a lot of times converts they get stuck in that like i'm supposed to have a podcast with one of the brothers he's uh he's a white convert brother he converted many years ago and when he first converted he ended up joining essentially what amounts to a cult and he wow. was in this cult for a while and then he finally left it and then i sent him a story today of an african-american brother who had a very similar story mm. and he read the story he's like he's like this this is one of the programming 26 programming mechanisms of a cult and so they'll send you this content or they'll tell you, oh, this is the right content and these are the only shoe and everybody else are on the wrong path and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. If you find a good sheikh, he'll tell you that, hey, listen to this person or listen to these people, follow these people, they're good, 
everybody else, they may not be totally correct. They'll be very kind about it. They'll explain it in a nice part. Because most of the people who are preaching, they may say at least a few correct things. They're not going to be totally off off the reservation. So you have to find like, you know, some borderline shuyu who, you know, even in English, who give good talks. If you're looking online, they'll have, you know, good content and stuff. Like that. And they're very, very middle of the road. Nothing crazy, nothing this side or nothing that side, you know. For example, like I know a lot of people disagree and a lot of people dislike, but Mufti Manki gives like very basic the knowledge he gives, which is very basic, is good for most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree or disagree. What's it called? But most of his basic knowledge is like you know. Look, okay. if if you're trying to find some type of like super in depth like yeah. fiqhi or like ilmi yeah topics, he doesn't do that. You're not yeah, and he 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 doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. He can. He's yeah. perfectly capable of it. Yeah. You know, he's alumni of Medina, and then he went to. India, right? India as well. So, like, he he's, he studied. He put yeah. in the work, and and knowing knowing his family background, yeah. his his father, yeah, would, his father is very strict. Would basically not allow him to be any less than that. Yeah. So, he he's very capable of it, but does he need to? No. No. Can he? Yes. But there's plenty of other people you can go to. Yeah. I'm sure if you go up to him personally, yeah. and you were to ask him a fifth question, he could answer it just fine. You know, but, it was funny, somebody, a few Ramadans ago, two Ramadans ago, somebody had sent him a question, right, yeah. on WhatsApp. And by accident, he messaged me back with that answer, and somebody was asking him, they lived in Norway, and they were asking him about their fast because of, you know, the sun and stuff like that. Yeah. And by accident, he messaged me back that answer. <laughs> so he was explaining to them in depth of how they should fast. Hmm. So who would, who would be good in English, like in depth, if somebody's looking in depth? For in-depth knowledge? Yeah. Man, just putting me on the spot. Hmm. This is your Arabic lectures. That's why you can't think of it. No, the thing is, like, if you're looking for in-depth knowledge, why would you look online, sit with the teacher? Well, I'm saying, but if you're looking online for some in-depth, somebody who has a a series of lectures which are in-depth in English. I wouldn't recommend any. You wouldn't recommend any? Sit with the teacher. I know in Urdu, I listen to Mufti Taqriyothmani. Yes, they, yeah, they've, just... they've uploaded all of his uh, Urdu content online. Like, he hasn't done it himself, but they've uploaded it for him. I Yeah, I, I can see that, but it's like, I don't see a reason for that to, like, if you're doing that to supplement yeah. something you're learning, yeah. okay, fine. If you're doing that as your primary source of information. No, I don't think it's for primary source. Yeah, if you want some in-depth knowledge, sit with the teacher, yeah. learn from them. Yeah. And then you can go and listen to other people. You can listen to Hamza Yusuf, you can listen to YQ, you can oh, listen yeah. to, um, you know, some other people. Um, let me see, who are some Diobandis? Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abdul Nasser Janga, Mufti Kamani, and uh, I don't know. Okay, Sheikh means Diobandi, right? So, Sheikh Amin Kalwari, yeah, 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 of course. Darul Qasim. I just saw, I just saw they're having a live chat between him and Sheikh Shadi. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, um, you even have, I know, I know, I don't know how much of his stuff Abdur is Rahman, available. Abdurrahman ibn Yusuf, Mufti Abdurrahman ibn Yusuf, Abdurrahman Mangera from England. I don't if know, you want to listen in depth, he's, he's good. good. Okay. Mm. See, I don't know. I don't know too many of the UK guys. There's Sheikh yeah. Hatham Al Haddad. Yeah. And um, he's good. Yeah, he's good in English. And then um, uh, what was I gonna say? I know you have Sheikh Hamza Makbul. Yeah, Hamza. Wadham. I don't know how much of his stuff is available. I don't know. Online. He posted himself on SoundCloud and stuff. Yeah. So he, like, but no, he, he does like he does Maliki. Yeah, he does ahead. Maliki fit. 
Yeah, definitely in English if somebody is looking. White Thread Press, Mufti Abdurrahman Mangera. Okay. He's, he's not only is a mufti, he also has like a PhD as well. Okay. And what's it called? And he yeah, gives, White, White Thread, their publishing yeah. company. Right? Yeah, yeah. They've done so some they books. also have their like YouTube channel and stuff <clears> like that. Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. So Marcus, and last question, because then we have to wrap up for Isha. Okay. I know it's short. I was trying to set up and everything. It just took forever today. It's okay. But any other uh, questions? I don't really have any other questions. Um, I just want to say that uh, that is just the topic that we were talking about asking questions and things like that that is you know i was never able to find that with you know uh in catholicism or uh you know just in christianity or any other belief system that you know that i came across mm -hmm. uh that's one of the major things that i respect in islam and i think that if when more people get exposed to it they'll uh genuinely see that if i have a question you know, nobody's running away from my question. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the experience that I got, uh, you know, my personal experience with Christianity. Uh, and that's something that was very comforting to me coming to Islam, knowing that if I have a question, uh, you know, it's going to be answered. Nobody's yeah. going to run away from it. So, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, that that was mm -hmm. your experience with Catholicism or with Christianity mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. A lot of, Muslims from immigrant backgrounds mm -hmm. that are born and raised Muslim, they kind of experience the same thing wow. where they try to find an answer uh -huh. and they'll ask their parents or they mm -hmm. might ask like the immigrant imam from back home mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll have the same experience wow. where they feel like their questions aren't being answered. Right, right. So I, I think it's, it's not so much a generational thing, but I think it's having a better understanding that look like a lot of people are disenfranchised by their own cultures and own religions because we as human beings like we're we're naturally curious we're right, gonna right we need something that fits with our rational minds mm -hmm. and just Agreed. being and just being like oh no that's it that's just how it is mm -hmm. right for christians and especially in the south they can say that because you look around everybody's doing the same, same thing. thing right if you're back home in, in Pakistan, India, uh, Middle East, wherever, in a Muslim country, you can say like, oh, this is haram, you can't do it. They'll be like, okay, I don't see anybody else drinking. I don't see anybody else, right. you know, doing X, Y, and Z. So it's easier for them to accept that. But then you come here or like you get exposed to more things. You know, they say like, oh, if you travel or if you get out mm -hmm. uh, or or you get out of your comfort zone or whatever, it kind of opens your mind broadens your horizons but then it brings up more questions obviously right. so that's where people start to search and your 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 journey brought you to islam and you were able to get those answers alhamdulillah mm -hmm. so it is important to remember that if people do have questions they even even as muslims they may experience what you experience right. so you have to you still got to find like the right channels at the end of the exactly. day you know like yeah, alhamdulillah you you seem like you were able to be satisfied with where where you are now and asking your questions and getting those answers. But, you know, I, I, I could honestly say, like, I've seen it so many times where where people didn't get the answers that they mm -hmm. needed and then it, it drove them in a different direction. But yeah, end of the day, like, that, that doesn't mean that, like, Islam won't answer their questions. Mm -hmm. They just got to find the right person to ask. Right. I think I think we're getting to a point now in the United States where we have those people yeah. who can understand yeah, the cultural, ethnic, mm -hmm. you know, 
division, divide different generations, stuff like that. Where you know yeah. we have, mashallah, the great, the great scholars. You're also a scholar, but you know I don't want to take your name. We have like great guys like you know Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda. We have the Wahid brothers. We have you know Sheikh Yasser Qadi. All of these guys who who you know they're put on a big platform, but at the same time when they're asked like a really deep question. It's not that like, well, you know, I, I don't know the answer or something. They will that, answer. That also comes with they a lot. They grew up here. Yeah. In in the states, they're mm-hmm. not all just like they didn't spend their formative years or they're even yeah. like college or, or like teenage college years, whatever overseas. Yeah. They they grew up they here. They were born here. Maybe maybe they spent some time in in Pakistan or Saudi Arabia yeah. or whatever, but they yeah. understand American culture. They know what it's like. You know, yeah. they, so they know the challenges. And on top of that, their personal experience dealing with the people, yeah. they'll, they'll see it. Yeah. Right. If you have some random sheikh that you import from Egypt or some random movie you import from Pakistan, they're not going to understand the complexities of American society. Yeah. They're not going to understand, even if these issues come up and people come, like parents will come with their children and be like, oh, you know, um, I've lost my children. They they drink and they date and they fornicate and whatever. The the random, you know, yeah, and they're knowledgeable. They studied, but yeah. they don't understand the the intricacies and complexities of, yeah. of our society. So they're not going to know exactly what to do. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, you know, like make dua, sit them down, tell them to take them to go pray. And these are all, yes, these, these are all things they can do. We but, spoke about that Friday yeah. briefly. Well, the Kubai was like saying, you know, when as parents, you know, that's why it's important even as parents to, to you know, study and get proper knowledge so mm-hmm. that when your children do come with questions, you don't just send them to the imam or, yeah. you know, so that uh, that's very important, too. I'm glad you remember that because yeah. I remember. <laughs> Chalo, inshallah, oh, yeah. we'll wrap, wrap up. up. Salah's in yeah. a few seconds. Okay. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wabarakatuh.